this morning, I am believing God to do something unusual. And that this chapel would leave a mark in your life that you will remember for the rest of your life. Not that God doesn't use other chapels to minister to you, but then there are some chapels that God uses to put a stamp on you that you talk about long down the road. I remember there was a chapel service like that when I was here. And I still remember the spot. I was right there. Tears in my eyes. Felt the hand of God pressing deeper on my life. And I will never forget that. So I'm believing that God's going to do something unusual. Again, let's stand for the reading of God's word. And you can keep playing till I uh, finish the prayer. Okay? Thank you. Joshua chapter 5, as we are on part 2, talking about the dirty generation. Just in case your neighbor forgot, can you just tell him or her that you are a part of the dirty generation? Please tell him. In Joshua chapter 5, looking at verse 1, the Bible says now, now when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed over. Their hearts melted and their spirits failed for fear of the Israelites. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel once again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the sons of Israel at Gibeoth, Hollyberry, Horoth. Hallelujah. Y'all remember, you just can't say the word, just say hallelujah, amen. <laughs> Verse 4, now this is why Joshua circumcised them. All those who came out of Egypt, all the men of war, had died on the journey in the wilderness after they had left Egypt. And then at verse 5, Though all who had come out were circumcised, none of those born in the wilderness on the journey from Egypt had been circumcised. Lord, as we get ready to go into your word, do something incredible today. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Thank you so much. The praise team, I'm going to call you up towards the end, and I would like for you to sing that song again that we ended with. We have an enemy 
that is called the day star, the tempter, the accuser, the serpent, the father of lies, a murderer. John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus even lets us know that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. In spite of all what the devil is doing, boy, I feel like preaching today. In spite of what is happening around the world and even in our nation, in spite of what might be happening in your own life, we must remember, we must remember that God is still great, that God is still moving. God is still doing miracles. God is still on the throne. God is still making a way. God is still showing up. God is still showing himself strong. God is still coming through. And I want to encourage you this morning, and that is God will come through for you. I know you got school bills and school loans. I paid my school loan off. Come on, somebody. Boy, you pay your school, you pay your school loan off. I promise you, you will speak in tongues and dance like a black person. Come on, somebody. I promise you. In spite of your school bills and your school loans, God will come through. Some of you got a big test coming up. God will come through. You got a loved one who is sick. God will come through. Some of you are wondering, when I graduate, where am I going to go? God will come through. Some of you are wondering, when I come back next year, am I going to have the money? Can I tell you, God will come through. Tell your neighbor, chill out. God will come through. We understand that the Lord told Joshua to choose 12 men to put 12 stones in the river. Now, 12 is the number that is symbolic of God's power and God's authority. Those stones will be a sign and a testimony for generations to let them know of God's great power. Now, you must understand that while you are at North Central University for two years, uh, at NCU for three years, uh, some of you four years, God pray for you, five years, and Lord knows you need counseling, some of y'all six years, come on somebody, understand that during your time here, you are gathering stones. Mm. Stones of God's goodness, stones of God's faithfulness, stones of God's healing power. You're gathering stones of God's provision. You're gathering stones of God's love and God's mercy and God's forgiveness and God's grace. While you're here at NCU, you are gathering stones. Why, why, why are you gathering stones so that you can point to it and tell your kids about
about it. So you can tell your grandkids about it. So you can tell your church about it. So you can tell your spouse about it. So you can say, if God did it for me, he can do it for you. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17 says, So then, be careful how you walk. Tell your neighbor, be careful, be careful. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then, be careful how you walk. Not as unwise people, but as wise. Making the most of your time because the days are evil. How many of you would agree just by raising your hand that the days that we are living in is evil? Therefore, verse 17, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The New Living Translation says, verse 15, like this. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. But like those who are wise, make the most of every opportunity because these days are evil. Can I remind you that God has brought you here? God has made a way for you to be here. God has opened doors for you to be here. God has moved money around so you can be here. Your parents sacrifice and are still sacrificing so you can be here. Why? Because God has a plan for your life. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 says, and it's my life verse. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for prosperity and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Remember, God wants to use you to make a difference. God wants to use you to make a difference in your generation. He wants you to make a difference in nations. He wants to use you to make a difference in this nation. And God uses and shapes people and molds people and prepares people in places. God uses places to mold and to shape his people. Think about Joseph in the pit. Think about Jonah in the well. Think about Mary, the mother of Jesus, who was born in and raised in Judea. And Judea means the praised one or the one who is praised. And now the Lord is using NCU as a tool to shape you, to mold you, to break you, to prepare you, to get you ready so that you can fulfill the divine assignment that is on your life. So don't waste your time. Don't waste this opportunity that God has given you. I promise you there are others your age who would love to swap seats with you right now. But in God and his sovereignty, he chose you to be here. And now some of you want to act a fool, act all rebellious, act all stubborn. And act all entitled. And God has called you here. 
because you are a part of the dirty generation. In John chapter 15, verse 16, Jesus says, you did not choose me. <laughs> Come on. Uh, if I could put it in an urban context, the Lord is saying, don't get it twisted. Come on, tell your funny looking neighbor, don't get it twisted. Go ahead, tell him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ha, 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 neighbor. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Now, what is awesome about this word chosen, when you study the context of this word, it means to be selected. It means to be picked out of a group for a purpose with eternity in mind that you're chosen to fulfill the will of the one who chose you. Lean over and tell your neighbor, I'm chosen. A father went to the dog shelter and was looking over the dogs that he would choose one to take home to his family. After looking at several dogs, he saw a dog in the back corner that was alone by itself. The dog was underweight. The dog was blind in one eye. The dog had only two legs and lost all his teeth. The father said with tears in his eyes, I choose this one. He takes the dog home to his family. And they were so happy. The father asked the family, what shall we call him? He had a daughter that was about three years old. The father looked at her and she said, I want to call him Cho-Cho. Come on, somebody. Cho-Cho, why? Because the dog was chosen. Lean over and tell your neighbor, hello, Cho-Cho. Come on, somebody. Uh, uh, come on. Hello, Cho-Cho. Uh, uh. Can I remind some of you that the Lord has chosen you? Come on. Some of you are too arrogant. Some of you are too prideful. Can I be honest with you? You wasn't the brightest. You wasn't the smartest. You wasn't the best looking. You wasn't the fastest. You didn't get the best grades. Oh, but God, but God chose you. God said, I want you. Clap your hands and shout hallelujah. God chose you. This is awesome to know that God chose you and he still knew all about you and he still chose you. Come on, somebody. You need to understand that when you were hurting, he chose you. When you were lost, he chose you. When you were confused, he chose you. When you was undeserving and unwanted, he chose you. 
when you were stepped on and stepped over and forgotten about. He chose you when you was raped and molested and laughed at and put down. The Lord chose you when you were smoking weed, smoking trees, smoking blunts, sleeping with everything that had legs. God chose you. Can we take a moment and give God praise because we're grateful that the Lord, that the Lord chose me. Yes, this is the generation that the Lord is raising up from the bottom. That he's raising up from the dirt. That he's raising up from the dust. Now, this generation that is highlighted in Joshua 5 <sighs> had parents, it's going to get a little sticky here, but I got some people praying for me. This generation had parents and grandparents who came out of Egypt through the leadership of Moses. And Moses stuttered. Many of y'all don't know, but I used to... I used to stutter. Come on, somebody. I used to stutter. But how many of you know that even with a stutter, God can still use you? You see, God is not looking for perfect people. He's looking for perfected people. And God sent Moses' brother Aaron to help him and to speak for him. We got to think back of the people that God has used to help us. You're not here by yourself. That is so foolish, like a turtle sitting on top of a fence, and the turtle says, I got here by myself. That's foolish. There are people in your life that God has brought in your life to help you get to where you are. I think about my youth pastor, Pastor Pickles. I think about my young adult pastor, Bruce Moore. Mm -hmm. I think about my baseball coach, Coach Sales. I think about my coach in college, Ron Nitschwitz. I, I think about those men who spoke into my life, Ben Rivera, Campus Crusade for Christ. When I was at Indiana State University, I think about the men and women God used. And I want to say, Lord, I thank you for those. And see, sometimes you need to get over yourself. Come on, somebody, and say, Lord, I want to take a moment and say thank you for every youth pastor. Thank you for my mama. Thank you for my grandmother. Thank you for my professors. Thank you for my teachers. Come on. Thank you for North Central University because you are using them to prepare me, to groom me, to shape me, to mold me, and to the human being that you've called me to be. But there was a problem. Tell your neighbor there was a problem. Oh, it's going to be a little tough. Huh? There was a problem and we see this problem in Joshua chapter 5 verse 4. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. Ouch! Ouch! I've been practicing that. Come on, somebody. 
Now I got to catch my breath. This generation had to be circumcised. This generation, in Joshua chapter 5, the dirty generation, your generation, had, ouch, had to be circumcised. This was a physical sign of a covenant with God. They were supposed to be circumcised, but their parents, those in leadership, I'm going somewhere, did not circumcise them. Their circumcision would benefit them, prepare them, and remind them of the covenant they had with Jehovah God. We must be honest. My generation, my mom and dad's generation did some things well. But let's be honest, those same people could have done some things better. Some things we could have passed down to help the younger generation in their development and furthering the mission of Christ. It's sad to say some things were ignored, some things we did not address, some topics we did not touch, some things we did not share, some things we were hypocritical about, some things we turned a blind eye to, some things we did not give a biblical response, some things we spoke up against like a lion, and some things we were silent about like a country mouse. Sure, sure, sure. We taught your generation the importance of going to church and reading your Bible and how to prepare a sermon and write a paper and speaking in tongues. Sure, we told your generation not to look at pornography, not to have sex before marriage, don't go to jail and stay away from drugs. Sure, we encourage y'all to get married and go to college and get degrees and get a job. Oh, yes, and even support missions. But the question is on the table is have we prepared your generation? Have we taught your generation how to seek God's face? Have we taught your generation how to chase after God? Have we taught your generation how to carry the burden of intercession? Have we taught you, have they experienced an all-night prayer meeting? Have we taught you, do they know how to share their faith? Do they know how Jesus and justice goes together? Have we taught them? Do they know how to apologize their faith in the marketplace? Do they know how to talk to the Hebrew Israelite, the Muslim, a white supremacist, and an atheist? Have we taught them how? Do they know how to endure times of suffering? Do they know how to respond when they are being persecuted? Let me say it on behalf of my generation and those behind me, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Forgive us. We need you. And you need us.
we got to get you ready like soldiers going into battle. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 says, Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. I don't want to be rude, but some of y'all need to toughen up. Come on, come on, come on. Lean over and say, is he talking to you? Go ahead and ask me. He's talking to you. Some of y'all need to toughen up. You got to toughen up. Matthew chapter 10 verse 16 says, behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Some of you, your feelings get hurt too easily. You get offended too easily. You quit too easily and you want it too easy. I don't get a lot of likes or hearts. Nobody recognized my new hairstyle, but it ain't your hair. You bought it. Come on, somebody. Nobody complimented me on my outfit. We saw it last week. Oh, toughen up. My teacher gives us too much homework. They didn't eat with me at lunch. Chicken nuggets again. Toughen up. I got the sniffles, my toe hurt, my feelings hurt. I'm not going to chapel. I'm tired of the food they are serving us. I never get asked to sing. Maybe you can't sing. Come on, somebody. Toughen up. If the praise team can come forward, please. What I'm trying to tell you, hear me, generation. Hear me, dirty generation. What I'm trying to tell you, it's in the desert where you develop your toughness. It's in the desert you learn it's not about you. You learn to find joy in the sacrifice. It's in the desert you face the ugly places, the dirty places, the dark places, the secret places in your life. You learn to minister when there is no applause in the desert. You get to know God for yourself. Your true motives get uncovered. You learn it's not about the spotlight, but it's about being light in the desert. You learn to be supportive as a number two when you know you're better than the person they're using. The music can continue to play or began to play, please. The desert. And when you were born in the desert, come from the desert. Surrounded by the desert. There is some stuff, here we go, that need to be removed from your life. Ouch! That needs to be circumcised. Circumcision is painful. Gonna be some blood. It's gonna make you uncomfortable. But if you want to pers keep pursuing and embrace what God has for you, there could be some things in your life that you need to remove. Ouch! Exodus chapter 3, verse 5, take your sandals off your feet. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24, put off your old self. 
Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, lay aside the weight and the sin. Romans chapter 13, verse 12, let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Every head bow, please. What I'm trying to say today, those on the floor and those on the balcony, that is we must deal with it today. Everybody talking about that revival going on in Kentucky. What started that revival was some students just start repenting of stuff. There's an illustration about a monkey in the Amazon. And they want to capture the monkey. So what they did is that they cut a hole in the coconut, put some food at the bottom of the coconut, and the monkey will slip his hand through the hole and grab the food. And because the monkey would not let go of the food, the poachers would come and take a bat, crack him upside the head and kill him. All because the monkey would not let go. I'm getting ready to open up this altar. If you got to go, we understand. No pressure, no judgment. But if you're here today, and you're saying, there's some things in my life I need to remove. There's some people, there's some places, there's some things, there's some attitudes that needs to be removed from my life. I'm ready to remove it. I'm ready to be circumcised. I want to get rid of it. A dirty generation, every head bowed. I'm praying for God to move right now by his Holy Spirit. Ouch, Lord, it's going to hurt, but you're talking to me. Ouch, I've been holding on to it for a long time. But I'm ready for you to remove it from my life. What they said wasn't right. What they did to me wasn't right. But I'm ready to let go on the count of three. If the Lord is speaking to you, there are some things you need to remove out of your life, some things you've been holding on to that's hindering your walk, hindering your progress, hindering your intimacy with your heavenly Father. And you're saying today, I want to deal with it. When I say three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now if that's you. That's you. That's you. For those whose hands are raised, on the count of three, I want you to come to this altar. You may want to kneel. You may want to lie prostrate. You may want to stand. But I want you to come to this altar as a sign saying, Lord, I'm ready to remove what I got to remove. One, two, three. Come to this altar right now. Come to this altar. That's it. Come to this altar. You're part of the dirty generation. But there's some things God got to remove from you. There's some things that got to separate. There's some things you got to let go of. Lord, I let go. Remove it from me.
Is there anybody else that would say, yeah, the Holy Spirit is dealing with me? Then come up here. Don't miss your opportunity. Don't miss your opportunity. Let's begin to sing that song, please. That's it. That's it. Just come. Just respond. Just respond. Do business with God before you leave this place. Do business with God. Do business with God. Ouch! I know it's going to hurt. I know it might be uncomfortable. I know it might be tough. But let God remove it from your life. Give it to him today. Come clean today. Lord, I release it. I let go. For all the teachers and professors and leaders, if you can just begin to walk around and pray for the wonderful students. Can you begin to walk around and pray for these wonderful students? They're making life-changing decisions today. They're going to remember this moment. They're going to point to this moment. There's going to be a stone for them that they're going to point to. Say, God did something incredible in my life on this day. It was in a chapel service. A man barking like a dog and saying, ouch. But God used that service. To help me deal with some ugly things in my life. To deal with some dark things in my life. That's why I just walk around and pray for these students. Before they go to their classes, let's pray with them. And maybe you're out there saying, man, can I still come forward? You sure can. You can still come forward if you want to be included in this prayer. Father, I thank you what you're doing in this generation. I thank you what you're removing. I thank you what you're cutting away. I thank you, God, that they're coming clean. I thank you, God, that they're not hiding anymore. But, God, you're doing something deep. You're doing something deep. You're doing something deep.